Well, today, I'm going to preach on an entire book of the Bible, 2 John. But it's only 13 verses long. However, it's so power-packed with enough material that I can do several sermons today on it. But I've been able to pare down all this material into one sermon for today. That said, let's begin. 2 John is a letter written to an elect lady. We don't know who she is or what town or place she dwelled, but we will come back to her in a bit. The main theme of this letter is truth, trusting in the truth. John mentions truth five times in the first four verses. Why is truth so important? In life, it's obvious why. We don't want people telling us lies. We want the truth told to us. We even have expressions like, be straight with me, be upfront, be honest, be frank with me. And to let you know, I'm always frank with people. <laughs> we find, however, in this fallen world that being untruthful, dishonest, telling lies, fabricating or changing the facts is the norm. In fact, we're born into it. We start off as a child lying to our parents. I don't feel good. I don't, go, I don't want to go to school today when you're not feeling sick. I didn't take that cookie, Mom, when you indeed did. I have no homework tonight when you do have homework. As an adult, we're faced with untruthfulness all the time. For example, probably one of the most famous ones, take the politician. Vote for me. If you do, there's going to be more jobs. There will be no increase in taxes. All the streets in the town will be paved. There's sunshine every day. And you say, man, this person is cool. He or she has my vote. Then this person gets elected. The result, no change at all. In fact, on the very first day of the person's term, it's raining. So much for sunny every day. Untruthfulness or lying sometimes makes it very difficult to trust anyone. But it seems being untruthful is a fact or way of everyday living. So, why should we expect anything different in the church? Well, let's start with Jesus himself. When Jesus was handed over by the Jews to the Roman governor Pilate, Pilate heard the Jews say that Jesus claimed to be their king. So Pilate questioned Jesus about this. In John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38, it reads, Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. 
Pilate said to him, what is truth? I think one reason Pilate says what is truth was because of the fact that as governor of the region, one of his duties was to try court cases. In a case, both sides would present Pilate with their own version of the truth, and Pilate had to decide which truth was more plausible. He was always being lied to. It was the norm. So you could see why Pilate was uh, bewildered with that word truth. But for Jesus, the truth was of utmost importance. In John chapter 17, verse 17, in Jesus' priestly prayer, he prays, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Here Jesus equates his Father, who is perfect and true, with his word, which is perfect and true. We, the church, as followers of Jesus and his Father, must be what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that, if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Being faithful to God is being faithful to the truth. Proclaiming Christ is proclaiming the truth. A church that does not do this is not the true church at all, period. So how does untruth creep into a church? Well, who is the opposite of our true God? The devil, Satan. He is God's enemy. Jesus says of him in John chapter 8, verse 44. He's talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. <clears throat> Satan wants us to doubt the truth. He started at Eden. In Eden, he gets Adam and Eve to doubt God's command. Did he really say? This carries on to today, not only in the world, but in the church. There is a famous line in the movie, A Few Good Men. In a courtroom military trial, lawyer Tom Cruise confronts Marine Base Commander Jack Nicholson with this statement. I want the truth! To which a fired up Nicholson replies, you can't handle the truth! This scene was a very chilling one, but there is no more truthful statement than this. Think about it. Many people really can't handle God's truth. So this is why Satan attacks God's truth, and it's easy for him. Some of the weapons Satan uses against God's truth include, did God really say? Or, does God really say? He starts by directly attacking God's word. 
the Bible. It's interesting. Many spend their entire life trying to disprove the Bible. They say things like, oh, it's just a bunch of fairy tales. It's a bunch of nonsense. None of this stuff could have really happened. Or the Bible's filled with con contradictions. I'm sure you've heard all of these. I often wonder, if the Bible is false, why do people go out of their way to disprove it? Just ignore it. But nope, nope. But perhaps God uses this to bring about a conversion in someone's life. It has happened. His truth is powerful. How about this big lie, another of Satan's weapons? If Jesus were here today, he would say things differently. I'm sure we've heard that one. We're dealing with ancient times versus today. Jesus is loving. He would not be harsh on people today. However, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Truth, a holy God hates all sin. We have to be careful we don't set ourselves up as judges ranking degrees of sin. At least I'm not like him, a mass murderer. But have you ever showed anger against anyone for any reason? Have you ever told a lie? As a kid growing up, I heard this strange saying people would say, oh, it's only a little white lie. All lying is a sin against a holy and truthful God. And we are all sinners, all of us. Truth, the punishment for sin is death. People say, man, that's cruel. A holy and loving God wouldn't do that. Why do they say this? Because they can't handle the truth. Another weapon of the devil. Just ignore the truth or live out your own truth. In Romans chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, it states, Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Sound anything like what's going on today? Your own truth is much easier to handle than God's truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it states, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So you see, they do this because they can't handle the truth. At this point, John switches gears from a brief moment to touch on love before he again addresses truth. We do not know specifically who this elect lady is, 
but we do know that she is loving and hospitable. Hospitality was a Christian duty. People would open their homes to those traveling through their town, especially to those professing to be believers. Even though this elect lady is charitable and showing true Christian love, John cautions her in verses 8 and 9 to be careful on who she invites to stay in her, in her home, to be discerning in the truth. False teachers or antichrists would look in their travels for people weak in their faith to take root in their homes for the purpose of spreading their lies. They would not invade the local church, for it was guarded by elders who were charged with upholding the word and teaching sound doctrine. Instead, believers' homes were a better target to get a foothold in the church. In verses 10 and 11, John says to be on guard for these false teachers. Don't even acknowledge them. So, how are these antichrists recognized? Here are a couple of scriptures to identify them. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray if possible, even the elect. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 to 5, Paul says this. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, <clears throat> lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. He says, avoid such people. In Jude chapter 1, verses 12, 13, and 16, this is written. These are hidden reefs at your love feast, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by the winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars from whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. <clears throat> and finally, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, Peter says, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. 
and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Sadly, today, many false churches and false teachers are out there. We see them in our neighborhoods and in people's homes through the media, the TV, the radio, and the internet. <clears throat> These are churches that proclaim tradition over scripture. They proclaim prosperity is the key to happiness. They water down the word so as not to offend anybody. They proclaim false good news, that we are all okay. There's no need for repentance. And sadly, there's even this. Someone told me that a church, at a church service, the Bible was not open, not even once. That's, that's a very sad statement. God's word not even open in a church service. Christians must be discerning people. Whether we are in a church now or looking for a church. We move, we go to another city, you're looking for another church. The one thing is a fact. We must know scripture. <clears throat> Here's what to look for to see if it's a true church of Jesus. Is this, a, is this church a pillar for the truth? As Paul says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 5, which I read earlier. Does this church worship God in spirit and truth? In John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Does this church faithfully proclaim God's word? Does this church exist, does this church exist to please and glorify God or man? Is this church fearless, trusting wholly in God and his plan, or fearful of the world? And finally, and this is the most important, to win people. Does this church proclaim the true good news, which is, we're all sinners. We all stand condemned apart from the grace of our God. We are powerless to save ourselves. But God saved us through his son Jesus, who took on our ugly sins upon his spotless self and died a painful and shameful death on the cross for us. Truth. Only the message of the cross saves. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18. 22 to 24 and 31 states this. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
That power of God resulted in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, will, who we will see face to face someday if we hold on to believing in, in truth. So I'd like to end with this final beautiful statement from Jesus in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Beautiful verse. <clears throat> Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.